You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I've got a very special guest back over in the Stents. He's in Chicago. His name is Austin Hopkins. Hi, Austin. Hey, Dom. How you doing? I'm good, sir. As good as I can be, because this is the second time we're going around. <laughs> oh, so basically, for everybody listening, my audacity has decided to fail on me. So we, we're having another chat. We're having a, we're going to start from the beginning, just so nobody misses out. <laughs> a re-re-interview. <laughs> a re-re-interview. So what, how, how are you doing? How, how, how's your day been? Oh, my day's going good. Got to the gym this morning, got my workout in, did some other little uh, tasks I had to do, and uh, now I'm here. That's what it's about. Now, you've got a son. Yes, I do. I got a 16-year-old son. Just got his driver's license. Has he? What what car's he got? So, uh, his mom bought him a... uh, I say his mom because I don't think it's a practical car. But I guess if you're 16, you would be happy with it. It's a year 2000 Mercedes SLK. It's a little two-seater convertible. Oh, yeah. Which is nice for the summer, but we're in the winter, (laughs) and we got a lot of snow and ice. Is it it a front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive? Uh, It's rear-wheel. Rear-wheel. It's going to be even worse in the snow, then. (laughs) I know this. I Believe me. I have a feeling he's going to be driving my or my wife's car, mostly. But... Mm -hmm. What what do you have? Uh, I got a Ford Fusion. There you go. Something more, something more practical. Yeah, I, I think they look nice, and uh, yeah, I like I like them. Well, that's it. I mean, I've got a Kia Rio, and I don't know if you've got any Kias where yeah, in Chicago. Oh yeah. For me, it's only a one point. It's a, we have diesel cars here in the UK. You know, not just like big trucks, but our smaller cars can be diesel mm-hmm. as well. And it's a one point one litre. I don't know what it is to the gallon. It's, I, I think I get about 60 miles to the gallon, 70 miles to the gallon. So it's not too bad. That's it's good. Great to be. That's, uh, that's very good. What, do you know what kind of uh, mileage your car does? Um, I want to say it's probably in the 25 to 28 miles per gallon range. That's not too bad. And that's, that's the typical kind of for... For here, city driving. Highway, it's probably closer to 35, 40, yeah, but yeah. mostly city driving around here. That's, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I remember going to, because I used to visit San Antonio quite a lot, and I remember going to one of the um, Toyota dealerships, and they had a big truck on the on the front, and, you know, it's one of those big, you know, oversized things. And on the screen, it was like, it, it's like in big letters as if it's a great thing. It does like 15 miles to the gallon. And I'm thinking... Yeah, those uh, those big SUV trucks, they're they're definitely gas guzzlers and get their V8s in those things and they're uh, yeah, they're gas I mean, they're fun to drive. They they're, they're amazing to drive. Don't get me wrong, but they're not they're not great if you're trying to watch watch the pennies or watch the cents. Yeah, and I think most people that are getting those type of things, they're hauling either a lot of kids around or if they got a, they got their truck they're you know they're using it for work or something like that but uh yeah i, I for me like it it wouldn't be practical i i'm not hauling a lot of kids around i don't need to haul too much stuff around other than to and from work 
that's 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 what it's about though you know getting to and from work so what is it that you do for work i'm a massage therapist you're a massage therapist yeah that that's to do massage therapy alongside with music is a it's an interesting combination especially as is when you play guitar because uh i think you said that you play guitar so you know how it is when you get your calluses oh yeah on your finger and so with a massage therapy i'm constantly lotion <laughs> cream oil and working and so i i lose my calluses fast and so i constantly have to keep playing guitar to build the calluses back up because if i don't play and then i have a show and i'm sitting there playing for three hours I, i'm in a little <laughs> bit of pain just a little i completely the first time we talked about this we i did not even think about the lotions and stuff oh my wow that i suppose you'll never ever lose the skill of playing a guitar if you're constantly practicing i i'm constantly i mean i'm not one that can sit there and you know tab and do all that fancy stuff but i you know i play my chords and and stuff and oh, don't think i can play like solos and stuff i can i can play like three chords and i'm lucky with that hey that's half the that's like half the songs right there exactly that's 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 country music in in a nutshell three chords and the truth yeah so massage therapy do you get to sing <laughs> um no most of the time we got uh like spa music playing all right. Um, but I did have one client uh, who would come in and he would put, he's, he would ask like, Hey, can I play my own stuff? And I'm like, sure. And he'd play nineties country, which is what I love. Yeah. And uh, so I was definitely singing, singing along to that. <laughs> but uh, most of the time it's just spa music that's playing. And I probably have a song either going in my head or I'm trying to song, write, And then of course, forget all about it after I'm done with the session. <laughs> Can't be a bit of um Bit of singing along, especially. I suppose it helps pass the time away. You know, you can say it's a half an hour session, and if it's somebody who just listens to that slow, relaxing music, I can imagine it lasts for quite a while. Oh my goodness! It, most of our sessions are about an hour um, oh. or nine or ninety minutes. Um, there's even two hour sessions. Oh wow! And I, I don't do two hour sessions anymore unless if. I have a certain client, like there are people that just come in for relaxation, which is great, but I'm just the guy, I like to do medical therapeutic massage. I'm there, you have an issue, I want to work on that issue and figure that out. Most of the time you don't need two hours to do that, you only need, you can get it done in 30, 45, an hour session. Yeah. Um, Sometimes too much massage working in one spot is going to start to cause more problems and some therapists don't understand that but uh but yeah with two hours with the spa music when i first started and we was do i'm just like oh my goodness this is and you're like looking at the clock <laughs> and then you'll you'll work a little bit more and then you'll look back at the clock and you're like damn that was only a minute <laughs> 30 seconds later <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what was it that got you into like massage therapy and that kind of stuff well i always uh I always loved health. Health was just always a passion of mine. Um, and you know, I, I probably would have loved to become a doctor if, you know, life worked out in a different way, but it, you know, you get curveballs thrown in there and, and I thought about going back to school, but then I didn't want to miss that time out, uh, with my son. And so I thought, well, you know what, I worked at a couple different chiropractic offices and I saw the benefit of what just soft tissue work can do. 
Yeah. And uh, so from there, after I got done working at those places, I'm like, all right, it's only a couple semesters. I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. And here I am almost eight years later. Eight years. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, well, what, what is it that your brothers do? Because you've got four other brothers? Yeah, I got four older brothers. Um, the oldest, uh, Tony, uh, he's like a maintenance electrician and and works at different gas stations doing odd and end type things for those. Uh, my brother Andy's a handyman, kind of does it all. It does a lot more like drywall plaster type work or, uh, you know, painting and stuff. Um, my brother Adam... He's an electrician. He's been doing that for I don't know how long now. <laughs> and then my brother Aaron, he, the place he works at, I might as well call him an engineer because he pretty much does, I think, all that stuff. He's got to fix these old machines, and then he works with CAD and 3D printing, and then he'll throw something else that he had to do. I'm like, what? And so, but he can, he can do anything. That, that's a great thing with engineers. Uh, listeners will know this, but I'm actually a trained engineer. Uh, mechanical engineer and I work in prosthetics so I understand all the like card and the software and all the all the nuts and bolts and how machines go together and I, I get it I can imagine though your brothers would come to you obviously being the massage therapist if they've got like a bit of bit of back pain because they've either been reaching too high with the lights or the plastering or the yeah every now and then my uh, brother Aaron he runs marathons and you know he's really athletic and stuff and so he'll come to me if he's got you know, if his knees bother him or if he's got lower back stuff and yeah, a couple of them, they'll, they'll be like, Hey, you know, I got this pain. What should I, what should I do? Do they ever think that you're a different kind of like doctor and say, Oh, I've got this, um, I've got this growth on my foot. What, what? I mean, most of the times they make fun of me for what I do, but, uh, as a brother would do, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, cause I've always been into health and like, um, more holistic health as well. So yeah. So they would always like, they'd call me up to, Hey, you know, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of this supplement or, or this or that and stuff. And, and I always try to constantly be learning different things. And all the time I, I love learning. I hate schooling, but I love <laughs> learning, <laughs> but, um, so I'm constantly always trying to read up on different things or reading different books. I love neurology. I think there's so neurology is so fascinating and, and stuff. And uh, so, so yeah, so they do come with me with their, with their medical questions. Are they conscious about their health as well? Like, like what you are, because obviously with the profession that you're in and the fact that you go to the gym and play these shows, so you've always got to like look kind of trim, you know, do they follow the same kind of lifestyle? I'd say for the most part, um, I think, um, all of them at some point, you know, would do some type of workout or some type of diet. I think right now, I think my brother Aaron's the most active and maybe healthiest and he's constantly running, exercising and doing whatever. Um, you know, my brother Adam, he's got three kids now. And so I think he's just, I don't even think he would have time to work out, <laughs> but I mean, they're all definitely health conscious and, and stuff constantly, you know, doing something. Now I bet there's one person who really benefits from the massage therapy. <laughs> you think my wife, <laughs> your wife, <laughs> you could ask her and she'd be like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He finishes work and that's it. Gloves are down. Not again. Yeah. But no, I work on her every once in a while. Um, you know, I'll pull my table out, put it right back here 
and yeah. uh, <laughs> and work on her and stuff. My son is the one. He's dad. Can you just rub? Okay, <laughs> just do this. Oh, you must be fantastic. He's particularly going through like dates and stuff. Oh, do you need a foot rub or a? Oh, is your hand hurting a bit? Oh, exactly. Yeah, here we go. We'll just work on that. <laughs> just getting all your lotions out. And are you ready? <laughs> yeah. That's that. That's the profession. We all need to go in then. You know what? It's you know it's you do learn a lot, especially with anatomy and physiology and just how the body works and you know different areas that need to be worked on. I mean, it's I think it's a good knowledge to know. I, you know, I, honestly, I wish you know in high school not necessarily teach massage therapy, just more anatomy and about the body. Obviously, you have your certain classes, but I, I really feel like it's one of those things that need to be taught more. Yeah. Because there's so much, I mean, just with healthy eating and different type of things and trying to just understand that. I mean, it's, I can't believe how some people come in and they're just so clueless on health. Yeah. Well, it's growing up, um, cause I'm, I'm only 28 and I, you know, 15 years ago I was at school and they always used to be really, really strict. It's when they started really clamping down on the sugar and the whole fats and the different types of fats and, you know, about exercise. And I thought I was always a, a finished kid. I was always really active. I was doing different types of sports. And and then one day they came out with this club and they called it Fat Club. And, you know, as, as a like an 11-year-old kid, you're thinking, great, now I'm in this club called Fat Club. I'm going to get picked <laughs> Oh, God, those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, music, music. That's why we're here. Yes. What was it that got you into music then? Is is the rest of your family musical, you know, musical or? No, that's, and that's the thing. There's really, I, I think maybe my brother Andy, um, but growing up there was, we all listened, we all listened to MTV, VH1. Yeah. We had that on. We love constantly listening to music, but as far as musicians, nothing in the family. <laughs> um. So I don't know what, I think maybe just listening to all the music kind of just drew me to it and just wanting to sing. Um, uh, I didn't even pick up a guitar till 23 when I was going 23. through a divorce. And Why so late? What, what was it that left it so late? Um, I, I guess trying to learn how to play. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, like, you wanted to learn to play the guitar. You either had to find somebody or you had to read it in a book. Yeah. <laughs> and find a video somewhere. And I was just living too much of an active lifestyle to sit down and just do it. We had friends that would come over and they could play and stuff like that. And I would try to like strum and I'm like, ah, oh, I could never get my fingers to bend like that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. but, uh, once I was going through, I didn't have anything to do on the weekends and I'm like, eh, I think I'll just learn to play the guitar. So I went to guitar center and got a cheap guitar and got on YouTube and just like, Oh, okay. That's what you do. Oh, that, that's a G. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, that's always the thing with, you know, learning new skills, like playing the guitar or playing piano or playing whatever instrument, you know, it's never too late. Yes. It's more difficult as you get older because obviously joints and just age, but as soon as you start learning those positions and keep training your fingers to go to the same places, it gets easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, before I've learned to play the guitar, I would tell myself, 
I'm like, "Ah, I just wish I could go to bed and wake up the next morning and play guitar. But after you start playing, it almost feels like that happened because I mean, I'm not the greatest thing of guitar by any means, but I can, you know, I can at least, you know, keep the rhythm and get moving around on there where it sounds like, okay, this actually sounds decent. People want to hear it. And uh, so I feel like it would just, it came natural, but it took a lot of work. It took a lot of hard work. I played every day. Like I would sit in front of my computer, sit and play and, you know, and just took time. What was it that, you know, drove you to keep practicing, keep playing and obviously start writing songs? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I just, I just, my love of music, I think. Um, and just, I think what it was is always wanting to, like, I'd be playing songs and I'm like, well, that song, I want to find a song that's capturing how I'm feeling or my emotion or whatever it is. And there wasn't a song out there. So I would just like start throwing stuff down. Um, and of course, at that point, like starting off, like there was really nothing that was sticking. But and when I wrote Beauty and the Breakdown, uh, you know, it took like 15 minutes, but I was just messing around. And then I came up with this song I didn't think was going to do anything. And then, you know, I entered it into a contest and Sure enough, I was named for that you know local finalist. So we're going to Beauty and the Breakdown then. Yep. What was it that inspired that? Um, so I was part of this uh, chat room on Camfrog, and and you know, there's a lot of different people. We just get in there and play songs, cover songs, stuff like that. And then this one girl came in, and she was pretty good looking. And her she's now my was- wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. I've told her about it, so she knows all about it. Oh, <laughs> but um, the so I saw her come in, and I'm like, oh, okay, Beauty and the Breakdown, and I'm just you know, G D minor C, I'm like okay, and it's just throwing lyrics to it, and I'm like, all right, well, this kind of sounds good, and this is, and then so I'm thinking, well, what Beauty and the Breakdown, what would that what would the the story be around beauty and the breakdown? Well, I would, in my mind, it would be a, a guy that treat, treated her wrong. And so she's, that just broke her down. Yeah. And basically then I you flip the song around and say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to let you down. Yeah. So that's how that song came about. And that was like, like I said, 15, 20 minutes. That was the first song I wrote. 15, 20 minutes then. So when did you actually write it in comparison to the, group chat type thing you know was it during the chat was it like quickly scribbling notes down or was it after the fact you know god it was so long ago i'm trying to remember now (laughs) um i probably saw her name and i was probably in the chat room but not talking just on camera and i was probably just messing around and for me my normal the way i write is i'll come up with the chorus first and then kind of build off of that so i probably did something along those lines and uh just in that time period, just wrote it down on paper. Then did you play it in that chat room then to them all? I did. It wouldn't have been that day, but (laughs) probably the next day or something like that, I did. And then I think I did, I'm trying to think if I ever told her, because I don't think I've ever really talked to that that girl, but I remember her coming in and I think I did play it for her once or something like that. And I don't think she was too impressed. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do do you ever go on those chat room things now? 
No, not really. Um, I mean, it's, I don't even know if any of that stuff exists. And I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. I mostly just doing the zoom and Facebook live, Instagram live now. And um, what was it called? Chat frog. Uh, cam frog. Cam frog. Let's have a quick Google. Yeah. See if it's still there. Cam frog video chat rooms, online group chat and live. <laughs> oh, chat with any of our 114,000 members online now. Wow. I used to be really involved, like not involved, but like, I, like after I got divorced, like I didn't have, I didn't know what the hell to do with yeah. my time. Cause I had, at that point I had a two year old. And so it's like, what the hell? I can't go out and do anything. So, you know, I was getting on cam frog and I met some friends and then we go into, you know, we had our own little chat room and then you, we go into like acoustic jams, the chat room. And that's, you know, where I would start writing everything and stuff. So that's fun. That, that That's that's brilliant. I mean, what was it then after after your divorce? You know, what kind of time frame was it that you got the guitar and you? So I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I'm I'm guessing we got separated 2006. The divorce was finalized mid 2007. So it was probably early 2007 is yeah. when I got the guitar. Um, and then actually being able to fluently play the guitar was probably sometime 2008. And then, so I probably wrote that song late 2008, I would, would be my guess. Yeah. Cause it's part of your album. Yeah. It's the uh, lead track on it. I figured it should be. I, I still get people today saying that's the, the, one of their favorite songs by me. And I'm, and it, it blows me away. I'm like that song. It's a brilliant song though. It's got 12,000 streams and that's not bad going at all. You know, yeah. particularly, particularly as an artist that's having to, try and push his music at the same time as working a full-time job. It's not bad at all. Love it. You know, but you know, for me, it's, there's so much behind the scenes stuff that I'm doing. Like I'm constantly either posting to Facebook or trying to promote my music. Um, that that's the thing. Like for me, it's what can I do next to promote, promote my music? Where can I post it or you know, we're at my shows, handing out flyers, getting people to listen to my music or add me on Spotify, listen to Apple Music or post something and say, hey, tell Siri or Alexa to play songs by Austin Hopkins. So it's all that stuff that I think is really important. So it's a fantastic name as well. You know, it's, it's almost like a stage name that's ready for you. Austin Hopkins, it just flows. <laughs> well, thank I mean, you. My uh, to go from that. My name's Dom Crook, so it doesn't have that same that flow, you know, that artistic sound to it. Whereas Austin Hopkins, it does. It's got that. It makes you smile when you say it. All right, I like that. I promise. Right. I'm not, I'm I, guess not we'll my, I guess we'll give my mom credit for naming me Austin. Then, <laughs> what was it that led to your next set of songs in the album? So. So Love You Right would have been, I wrote the, the first two songs that I would have wrote was Beauty and the Breakdown and Love You Right. Um, Love You Right probably stemmed, I think, from uh, a fight I had with my wife. And it's just kind of just flowed out again. I don't know how long that one took me to write, but I, I don't think it was long. Um, and I actually recorded those two songs before I recorded the album. Uh, so I probably, I think I recorded those songs maybe in 20 late 2009 or 2010 i want to say yeah if i remember correctly um 
And again, I didn't know anything about music promotion or anything like that. So they just kind of got put out there and whatever happened to them happened to them. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> um, and then the other song, so I finished the album, or I did the album in 2016. So um, just, you know, I don't even know the other songs. I think from where I work at, at Massage Envy, um, there's a lot of the front desk and there's a lot of turnover and there are a lot of, there, there are people that are a lot younger than me there. Yeah. And so I hear constantly, and even from my clients, I'm constantly hearing their relationship stories and seeing people just constantly, you know, going through different situations and everything like that. And so I just, I just take all of that in. And then I'm like, all right, let's put this into a song and, and stuff. And so it's, I don't know. I can just take somebody's situation and kind of try to feel it. And and I think that goes to where just trying to understand people and, and get where they're coming from and trying to relate it. I like my songs to be relatable so people can understand and they can feel what they're, that either you know, the artist is going through or the, the person that talking about in the song, what they're going through and try to relate it to their life. And so I, that's kind of where a lot of that stuff came from. Out of all the songs you've got so far, what's been your easiest one to write? Easiest one to write? I mean, obviously, Beauty and the Breakdown was pretty easy because that took like 15 minutes. <laughs> um, you know, right now, uh, I think that's obviously been my biggest hit. Um it's not that it was easy to write, but I think it, it flowed for some reason. And I think it was just, you know, people trying to get in that relationship and just trying to timing's not right or whatever it is. You have situation, things going on in, in your life and you see it so often these days. And just I felt like that flowed probably the easiest. What's the most difficult then to counter that question most difficult song um one that hasn't come so naturally and you've had to sit there and think and scribble out lines and then add extra lines in and then change them again um geez that's a good one um out of the songs i have released it honestly i would say it's not released yet but it will be released on the 25th and that's stop thinking about you um, really? that one that one, I came up with the chorus without a thought of how the verses should be. It sat for a while, and I think I came up with part of the chorus first, and then I'm like, I don't know, how, how do I bring this back around? How do I do this? And, and that one sat for, sat for several months. Really? Yeah, and because I, I have on my computer, I have a folder for song ideas, songs to write, and then just random word documents everywhere else <laughs> and that one sat in that folder i'm like oh i gotta i gotta write that one it's not just an idea that one i gotta write and so i started writing it trying to find the right you know key and everything like that it needs to be in and finally something just clicked and i was just i was just sitting there like with my guitar and just sitting there i'm like oh that's it try to close my eyes and that and i'm just like yeah that's yeah that fits with that song and then that's so then i was just wow able yes. to bring it together uh, do me a favor yeah are you allowed to 
Have you played this on lives yet or out in the field? Um, yeah, I've played it. Do you want to give me a acapella version of just like a bit of the chorus or a bit of the second verse? Something completely random within it. I mean, I got my guitar right here. Can I just play it with that? You can. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. I just, want, I just wanted to hear you sing acapella because you just nailed it then. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. We'll do it really light. Try to close my eyes at night, but I still see your light. And it's always the same, waking up in this pain. First and the last thing I see is everything I wanted us to be. The same song stuck on repeat Going back to our old scenes Wishing on every damn star I see, I see, I see Just wanna turn back time Say sorry and make you mine Same moods in my head you missed up And I just wanna stop Thinking about you And got me so lost And I'm feeling confused At first you say you need me can't live without me And then you go and leave me No, that won't be easy And I just want to stop Thinking about you That is just Oh, I don't I don't know if you saw me like lift my arm up But I started getting goosebumps <laughs> you got a certain tone to your voice that I can't put a nail on it, it It's I remember reading your um, press kit or your bio saying that you was like replicating like Garth Brooks and when you was just like listening in the radio and then doing mixtapes and stuff. But when you listen to your music, there's no like hint of anything like that because you've got your own tone, you've got your own feel and got your own rhythm. That is just, smashed it. Smashed it. I I appreciate that because, you know, so many times, and and I don't mean to put anybody down, it's just, I hear so many male artists you know that are trying to make it that are they're up and coming or whatever they all just have the same kind of tone you know regular tone and and it works i mean it's it's good for them it's just i always like to be different i i don't want to sound like everyone and so i'm glad i'm i hope my stuff sounds different but i hope it's still good different uh, it's it's not just good different that is like next level different that's like <laughs> that's like chris stapleton but on the on the mellow side that's like you know how chris stapleton's got his like that loud husky voice all like look yeah. comes, you know they're very similar but then you're like the stop it. Whiskey. stop it that is just <laughs> oh wow just you know people do people request that do people request you All the to time. sing Tennessee? Let me tell you. Let me tell you my story on Tennessee Whiskey. All right. When that song came out, obviously it came out, what, late, early 80s with, with George Jones or yeah, maybe it was late original. 70s or something. I, so I never really knew the song. And then Chris Stapleton, obviously, I didn't even know Chris Stapleton was a cover until I saw something else. So Chris <laughs> Stapleton came out with it. I really didn't care for it. I'm like, yeah. meh. 
it's really not that dance, whatever song. But one of my friends, she's like, Austin, can you just please learn the song? I, I mm-hmm. really want to hear it. So I'm like, all right. So I started playing it more. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? This song's really not that bad. I actually kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> and um, the so I tried to do my best Chris Stapleton voice and I played it for her and she liked it. I mean, I always felt like there was a part that I couldn't quite sing. And so I never, I didn't do it at my shows, but I was at one of my shows and the uh, owner's girlfriend came up and it's like, Hey, can you play Tennessee whiskey? And I'm like, I can't tell her no, because it's the owner's girlfriend. Like I can't tell her no. You're going to, you're going to keep her up. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can play that. I go, I don't know if I can play it as well as Chris Stapleton. You know, notes are not going to be well. <laughs> Already and, died down a bit before you've even started. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm and, not good. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what I said. I think I even said that. And I played it. And the the place loved it. I, I might be on my Instagram. I might have posted it on my Instagram somewhere. And, like, you hear me, like, get to that one part where it's, like, so high. And then you just hear everybody start cheering and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, I guess that this is going to be part of my regular set now. Yeah. That that's that there is whenever I try and sing, I can't sing the toffee. But whenever I try and sing, that's a bit my throat always just goes <clears throat> dead. Just <laughs> the high bits. I mean, all of it's he's got a different tone to his voice because he goes deep than high. But you, you, mm-hmm. you maintain it, you keep it, you sail through it. That's that's Oh, I'm envious. I'm envious of your voice now. (laughs) You know what? It's just, again, it's uh, for me, it's I got to keep, keep practicing and I keep listening to myself over and over and over again. It's Mm -hmm. like athletes watching themselves on tape, you know, watching all that other stuff. I think music is the same way. I will watch myself, you know, do recordings or, you know, I have my little sound set up here. I get listening to myself constantly because I got to make sure that it sounds good. I don't want to go out there and I don't want to give a poor performance. I want to make sure it's always sounding good. So the songs that I play, I want to make sure that they're, they're sounding good because people are either there to see me or they're there just to get out of the house and they don't want to hear bad music. So I want to constantly make sure that my sets sound good. My voice is sounding good. The speaker system that I'm using sounds good. You know, whatever it is, I just, it's gotta be to a good level. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. I mean, it's like myself as a podcast host. I like to have equipment that actually works. Oh, wait. Damn audacity. (laughs) Damn audacity. (laughs) Uh, So we've, at the start, you know, we've spoke about you learning how to play guitar at the age of 23. I want to know now, when was it that you actually started properly singing and listening to your own voice and knowing that you've got a good voice? Um... You know, it comes with, so I guess back in fourth grade, I did a killer rendition of The Lion King. Uh, okay, okay. This, this, is, this is the real stuff now. Come on, man. Hey, we're going, we're, we're, we're going deep here. So I always knew, like, I think I can sing, and I think I can hit certain points. Mm-hmm. And people said, oh, you can sing, but it's like there's that fear of singing in public. Yeah. You know, I got asked, I think it was my senior year. I'm like, hey, can you do the national anthem at before a track meet? And I'm, I said, yes, yes, yes. All the way up until the point where it was about ready. To, and I'm like, no, I can't do this. 
<laughs> and so I chickened out and I'm like, I can't do this. And cause I don't want to, I can't butcher the national anthem. I just, for me, it's like, I don't even know if somebody asked me today, I don't think I would do it just cause I, I feel like I would mess it up, Come on, then. but it's, Come on, then. <laughs> so it was, um, I'm trying to think. So I did that contest and I think after that contest, I kind of gained and I, you know, I made it to that round. I kind of gained mm-hmm. more like, okay, maybe, maybe I can sing. Cause there's professionals that actually heard it and they're like, yes, you can sing. Yeah. And then, you know, but there's, I would still get on stage and I was still like, I was still a little nervous. Um, I think just, I think it just took me just several times performing in front of people to be like, okay, yeah, you can, you do have a voice, like you can sing. And so now I don't get so nervous about singing because I think I can sing, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, don't forget the lyrics. Um, make sure you're, you're not sick that day because your voice is not going to work or, you know, those type of things that those would free. Those are my anxieties. Like, Oh, am I going to wake up and my yeah. laryngitis or am I going to have this or that? Or I suppose that's always the big thing as well is that fear of the unknown, not knowing what, how people are either going to react or how you're going to sound that day. Or, you know, even the fact that, I mean, whenever you listen to a voice recording of yourself, it always sounds different to what you actually sound, you know, what you hear in your own ears. So it's yeah. always that, do I, do I sound like that? Oh, I actually sound okay. Or actually, yeah, I'm a bit turned deaf. That's, that's my case anyhow. Yeah. I, uh, I'll constantly like, so I'll record when I do my covers <laughs> and like before I post it to like Instagram or YouTube, Facebook, wherever I'll go to my son. I'm like, Chase, how does this sound? Does this sound okay? <laughs> and I'll go to my wife. You sure this sounds okay? Yeah. All right. Then I'll, I'll post it. What what what's your son's kind of like genre of music? Does he does he like the country style or is he, he more? He does. He's more into hip hop. Mm. He likes he likes the early like the early nineties like hip hop and stuff. I'll constantly Ooh. like be here and I'm like, he's playing NWA in there. What's going on? <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> not 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 dissing what's out there at the moment in terms of like hip hop or R and B. Um, but yeah, it's not the same as what it was in the nineties or even like the very early two thousands. That's mm-hmm. when it used to be like top level. That's when it used to be the best between eighties yeah. and early two thousands. Yeah. I mean, I love all kind of music and I'm not complete. I'm not big into hip hop. Like some people are, but there are always certain ones that will stand out a little bit more to me than the others. And, yeah. and those are the ones that I find that are very similar to the throwback stuff. It's like, cause because they are doing it differently and they yeah. do sound different. And that's what I think attracts me to more to that, to well, that time. That's it. I mean, well, I, I, I like a bit of hip hop and I like a bit of R&B and I like a bit of, you know, even rap and, you know, I, I like Eminem. Uh, that's the great thing with music is, you know, you can like different genres. You don't have to just like country. I know this is a country music podcast. That, that's what we're here for. But, you know, there's people out there that listen to, like, pop or listen to indie, because I was brought up in indie music as well, like Brit, uh, Brit pop kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, like, know Oasis and stuff like that. Of course. Who doesn't um, know Oasis? I got to play Wonderwall's another staple that I have to play. That's is like, it? Oh, yeah. They're like, yep, you got to – we need Wonderwall. How, how often is stuff like that requested? Um, A lot. I, 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 I usually have to keep Oasis. I usually got to keep Wonderwall, Tennessee whiskey. I usually got to keep those in my sets almost every, cause it's, it's <laughs> constant. 
when when you're playing sets then when you're playing gigs do you find that the music choice or the music you know requests are different between say chicago and nashville a hundred percent yeah and and i've heard other artists different but maybe it's my location within the chicago suburbs but country music is not big out here it's Mm -hmm. not nearly what it is in other places um so out here, when people are out, they want to hear classic rock. They want to hear, you know, uh, stuff they can move a little bit more to and, and stuff. And so I find myself, you know, I have to cover other genres. I'm doing, you know, John Cougar Mellencamp and, you know, Matchbox 20 and, you know, some of that stuff or, you know, some some older, some older stuff as well. And because I want to make sure that everybody there is liking what they're hearing. So maybe they hear one or two songs that they really liked versus, you know, a couple country songs, maybe they don't like. And then it depends on the venue I'm at. One venue where they do cater more to country music. And so I can do more country music there or some other places where it's like, nope, I can't do as much country music. I had one venue when I was just kind of starting to get back into or start playing at, you know, bars and pubs. I reached out to them. And because I think the owner heard a cover I did of stand by me. And she's like, wow, that's great. I, you know, can you come play here? And then the manager sends me an email back and is like, well, it looks like you do mostly country music. Our clientele don't really like that. You know, can you do anything else? I'm like, I can play anything, whatever you want me to play. I'll play it. <laughs> it still didn't email me back. So seriously. Yeah. Missing out majorly, majorly missing out. What is, what is your favorite like cover song to do then? I, I can't, I don't have one. Um, and it varies so much from, you know, it depends. I like doing newer release country songs that come out. Um, so like, I think right, right now I probably like Lee Bryce, um, like one of them girls, like that one's always a fun one to play. Um, I like Luke Bryan's, uh, down to one right now. That one's, a, that one's a fun one. To, I love fun songs to play where I'm moving around to, um, you know, it, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking my next set, I got a show coming up in a couple of weeks here. I'm going to do a little Toby Keith. Who's your daddy. I'm going to throw like, you oh, know, wow. talk about a bit of diversity. Oh, I, you know what? I love to do it all. And if I can't sing it, I try my best. And I, again, I check ahead of time. Like, are you sure I can sing this? Okay. <laughs> all right, I'll do it. Um, so what happens then when somebody requests that a song that you don't know or, you've played like once or twice, but you still feel a bit uncomfortable. Do you say not this time, but make sure you come next time kind of thing? Typically. Yeah. That's typically that I'll, I'll do like, eh, I can't do that one right now, but come back. I'll learn it and we'll, I'll do it. If and you were so, to follow me on Spotify, you never know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I need to be doing, <laughs> but I'm going to really, um, my drummer, he's a little hesitant on taking requests because you know, he wants to be able to play He's very thorough and like he really wants to make sure that the drums sound exactly how they do on the record. And <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not have his own little bit of flair, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so he's so he's really particular. So sometimes it's hard to do requests um because you know, he's got to go and listen to the song and stuff like that and so even if I know it sometimes I'll be like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to do it this time or and stuff. But, um, I think I'm going to really start to try to push more requests now. I think it gets, it gets the audience more involved. And so I really want to focus on that, trying to, 
to take more requests. And that's the thing is like, I want to expand my horizon. So I know what pe- people are requesting and I know what I need to be working on and stuff. Yeah. Have you had your own song requested yet? Uh, yeah, actually have I, I have, I was at a, a show. I think it was a few, I mean, it was about 20 or 30 minutes away from here. And I was, did my, did my stuff. And sure enough, one of the, one of the people there, they're like, Hey, can you play red bandana? Ooh. I'm like, I'm like, wow, you're really pulling that out. Yeah. No, it's not even like one of the main ones. It's. Yeah. And I'm like, um, hold on. Let me see if I can remember my own lyrics. (laughs) I can't remember half my lyrics because I haven't played it in so long. So I managed my way through it. But now I now I know I have on my iPad. I I had to I made sure I have all my songs on there now so I don't forget them. Talk about your own songs. Country Girl Dream. It's it's different. It's it's almost like opposites throughout the entire song. <laughs> Is that aimed? Is that what you went for when you were writing it or? Well, you know, I I figured, you know, because we normally, we normally as, as songwriters, you go for like a simile. You know, you're, you're like as hot as the sun or you're as sweet as, you know, strawberry wine, those kind of feelings. But you've gone completely opposite. You know, I, I think um, it, for me, it was I wanted to get people out of that that traditional thinking that if you like country music, you got to like a country girl. Because, mm-hmm. you know, my country girl dream is, you know, this or this or that. And so I think there's an audience out there that can relate to that, to that thing. And then you can try to make them just try to make the song catchy. And, um, and so I, I hope I captured it. You know, it's, uh, Oh no, you've smashed it. I love it. I know there's, there's a lot of variations. There's a lot of songs out there that are similar to that. And, but I'm like, well, I want to make my own spin on that. So here's my spin on it. You do have your own spin and you do really nail it. I mean, I kept listening back. I think I was trying to like listen to all the little bits, you know, see if I've missed anything or see if I've missed like a catchy little line. And the amount of times I've listened to it today, just because it's just so catchy, it's just, I can't, I can't even, I bet that Spotify actually started deleting some of my streams because it's thinking I'm a bot or something. <laughs> well, keep streaming. I'm getting close to a thousand on that one. I think I'm at like 850. <laughs> It, when you're going on your artist uh, Spotify for artists, do you ever find yourself like keep refreshing it? Like, oh, there's another stream. Oh, there's another stream. So I'm very into statistics and data. So uh-huh. I'm constantly tracking my streams, my Shazams, song purchase, whatever. I'm constantly constantly following it like even like my spotify followers i have a, a list right here i don't know if, uh, <laughs> yeah, see it so i back in you need to add another one on that <laughs> back in october i started like all right i want to pay attention to this because i need to start following and i want to know what i'm doing promotion wise and is it a result of how am i doing it here mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know if other artists do this i would imagine if I was any other, I mean, why wouldn't you want to know if something that you're doing is you're showing the results? Exactly. And like, so I'm that, very data driven. That there's the main thing though, as well, when it comes to finding out the results and knowing what you've done. Cause if you don't know what you've done, how are you going to replicate it? How are you going to know where to keep either improving or actually change it around a bit? It's clever. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing. A lot of it's Facebook ads for me. 
and all right, did I target this right market for this? Did I target this? And making sure that, okay, well, I, I'm not seeing the results. I'm like, I got a lot of clicks here, but I'm not seeing the streams here. So I'm going to change my strategy for this and try to do something else. And so we talk about like strategies and stuff. Now, the person that introduced me to you or you to me was a lady called Emma at CES virtual shows. Yes. Who I've never, I've never met Emma yet. I've never spoke to her yet. She, so I got introduced to Emma. Um, actually, I think she reached out to me. If I remember correct, correctly, she reached out to me. I did a, um, a Facebook takeover for a radio station uh, or Steve Shetler, who was a DJ for the radio station. I took over his Facebook page and I did a virt- and I did a show and I guess she liked it. She reached out to me. I did one of her virtual shows and uh, through zoom and stuff. And she had a lot of people there and she's, she's been her and Colin who kind of worked together on all that. Like they've been phenomenal helping me with, promoting everything like i'm so thankful for everything that they do especially because they're out in the uk so they're they're helping me out a ton out there with especially with even like with my new stuff coming out right now my my new single like she's helping me with pre-saves out there so i can like watch as the pre-saves tick up in the uk and and stuff so are you excited are you excited for your new release i am out of all my all my singles and i'm sure every artist says this but this what I am really excited about because all my other songs, like I've done pre-save campaigns, but they don't go, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't really doing anything. I think the most was for my last song, country girl dream. And that was, I had six, I think pre-saves on Spotify. Oh, that's and, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, that's maybe not a lot of people use Spotify. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was working with a promotion company at the time. So they were helping me with, with certain things. They were going to focus more after the song was released with promoting stuff. And um, okay. so when this song came out, when this song came out, um, or uh, uh, my next song is the Stop, Stop Thinking About You, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make sure I give myself like four to five weeks to really promote it really get it out there and I'm going to go nuts with it on Facebook, Instagram, all Twitter, all my social media. I'm going to really push it. Um, and so I set my goal. I'm like, my goal is a hundred pre-saves. I think I can get a hundred pre-saves by January 25th. I, I'm pretty sure I can do this. Yeah. And so my first week after the release, I think I got to about 2025 pre-saves. Okay. And, you know, and that's with me pushing it hard on, on social media and everything like that, you know, going through my Facebook friends, messaging them and, and stuff. And, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to need additional help with this. This is not just, you know, something that I can do on my own. So I'm like, All right, let's try Facebook ads. And so I found, and it just, again, trying different things over the time, I found a certain uh, algorithm, whatever it is targeting a certain amount of people or whatever <laughs> okay. it is. And I'm getting such a great response. And I, and I think partly it's because of the way I worded the ad, you know, kind of give people a reason to click and save it. So I'm at currently with the help of, with, uh, with Emma and Colin and stuff from, from the UK helping there as well. My wife went through her Facebook contacts. 
I'm up at, I think I'm at 88 pre-saves. Just about to make that 89. There we go. Stop thinking about you. If I can get it up on Apple. So I've got an iPhone here, so I'm looking on Apple Music. Um, it'll only be on Spotify. Uh, is it only on Spotify? Yeah, That's the pre- why I can't find it. Yeah, pre-save will only let me do it on uh, on Spotify. Apple Music does their pre-ads, but since I go through CD Baby, they don't allow you to do a pre-ad for, for a single. You have to do it for an album. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. That is frustrating. I mean, yeah. I'm, def- I'm following you now, so make sure that's added to your little list. I will. <laughs> and let's have a gander. So click on Austin. So when people want to pre-order, pre- uh, pre-save, how do they go about undo it? Um, you can go... Actually, let me check really quick. I know I have it on my link on my Instagram. I got to check my website. Mm-hmm. Usually my wife will put everything up on the on the website. I just want to make sure that it got, see if it got put up here yet. Let me check. Yeah. Uh, so on my, on my website, you get in there. Um, it'll be on the right-hand side. It'll say pre-save now. Let's so it's, it's your wife that does all the websites and stuff. Yeah, I have her. Yeah. <laughs> I have her manage that because while I could do it, I will get frustrated trying to <laughs> all right, I gotta do this. Now I gotta do this and this. And she's just she's really good about just getting in there the details. I'm a big picture guy. Details. Hmm. Okay. So Spotify pre-save now. Smart URLI. Yep. Uh send my life away. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-save. Let's check right now. We'll just check on the fly. All right. Uh, Let's put it on my playlist. Let's put it on country chat. Update preferences. All right. So I think it's doing it, but that's me uh, following at the top. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so from the United Kingdom, I am up to, I know I checked this this morning Mm -hmm. and I was at eight. I am at 10 10 pre-saves in the UK. Ooh. And I am at a total of 94 pre-saves ah so it's gone up even more since yeah it just shows just shows what kind of you know the promotion does and what you what happens when you don't just put it on facebook and kind of hope for the best like it's out there yeah you know and it's so my other thing that i'm really trying on this year is networking Mm -hmm. and reaching out to people and helping each other and so you know networking and and working with with emma and you know doing these type of things with you it's all these little things that that you have to do as an artist and to help promote your career because you can't just rely on facebook because you know how it is you post something and it's the luck of the draw if it's going to be you know put up to the top of somebody's feed or if it's just going to be pushed down to to the bottom Have, have you sent your new track out to radio stations yet um, I've sent it to, I know Emma was actually sending it to a few in the UK. Um, I will send it to, um, uh, what, uh, I'm trying to think of the radio station. She's out of East, East, East Lothian, Scotland, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Shelly McRobbie, uh, she's a DJ on radio salt tire. She does her, she has her own little radio show. And so I'll send it to her. Um, 
as far as sending it out to radio stations here, it's a little bit more difficult to do to like FM radio stations, but independent radio stations, I will send it all out to and stuff. Cause those are a little bit, those are easier to get on, but like yeah. the FM stations, you almost have to go through a third party to get them to play it. Yeah. It's, I've, I did a charity single, um, through Christmas and trying to get anybody to even pay attention to it was just, yeah, it's difficult. And unless you're spending like hundreds of dollars on agencies to. Yeah. And I did that with my right now single. I actually, I went through a promotion company and had great success with uh, promoting it, getting it put on the radio. It was up. I was, I think it was being played on, Oh man, almost 80 radio stations across the U S it made That's it up- not bad. Yeah, it made it up to number 44 on the Nashville Music Row chart, which is a huge That's chart a massive deal, wow. So Wow. You, that's you, how I got a lot of my streams. That is that's some serious going there. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it was it was awesome uh going through that process. And obviously they're used to it because they've been doing it for 25 years or 30 years or something like that. But for me, an independent guy, you know, say here's my song. And they put it out there. Radio stations picked it up. And, and I, and so that, and so I was, I would check every day. All right. How many Shazams did I get? How many Shazams here? And so <laughs> I would track my Shazams where they were coming from. And then I would send them back to the promotion company to the guy that was running the music road chart. And then he could contact the radio station. Be, hey, you might want to put more spins on this. It's getting a lot of airplay. Yeah. And he liked it because no other artist did, did that. And I was shocked that no other artist would track that and send that to him. That's like basic data, though, isn't it? It's like you say, you do love your data. I do. <laughs> so, going on to your website, then you've got a little merch store. Yeah, it's a it's a smart little store. Yeah, you know, I I learned about the little drop shipment print sites, and I'm like, you know, uh-huh. I'll design a couple of things up, and uh, and I, you know, you know, I'm not getting sales every day, but every now and then, you'll see, you know, somebody purchased a shirt or or a hoodie or something like that. And again, you promote it on your, on Facebook and stuff and, and people pick up on it. And uh, again, to being an independent artist, and if there's other independent artists listening in, I mean, that's how you make money in this industry now. Like you don't make money from the streams. You don't get make money from being on the radio, unless if you're massively huge, you you know, we're talking today. Yeah. You're making money from, you know, your merch. If you're playing at a show, you're selling shirts. Um, you know, not too many places like you'll, you'll play at a, at a gig and some places will pay you. Some people won't. So you're making money from the tips. Uh, but you're getting yourself out there. If you're in Nashville, the people playing on the strip and all that stuff, they're not, they don't get paid by the club. They get paid by their tips and the merch they sell. Now, when I get paid at the end of January, there's one thing I'm definitely buying. There you go. Now, people on here know that I'm I'm not wearing a cap right now, but I do love I do love a cap, and I love your logo. Thank it's you. So it's very it's almost like a signature. You know when you yeah, when you get like a document and you got to sign your initials, and it's not not like a full signature. It's just the initials, but you always think you know I'm going to do a bit swanky here. I'm going to do a little. Yeah, that's it's pretty much that's pretty much what inspired that. Is that to, like my initials? Just that's how I do it. Quick. Is that is that your actual signature or um, my? Oh, my we, we can't say this because uh, in case people like use your hat to. 
Yeah, exactly. They're going to do that. Oh, no, I think my my regular signature that I use for music is I'll do a big A and then kind of write oh, yeah. out my first name. Big and A and squiggle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love because um, I've got I've been practicing. I've been practicing my own little signature and because when you. When you're here in the UK, when you first get like your driving license, you've got to sign your document. Or when you do a passport, you've got to sign the document. And that passport is that's your signature for the rest of your life, basically. Yeah. And because I I don't know if you've ever seen a UK driving license. No, I don't think I have. Uh, so this is what a UK driving license looks like. Okay. So everybody's got the same pink license. Uh, it's green if you're a provisional, and. That is my signature when I was like 16, 15. <laughs> and it's changed. It's changed. It's changed massively. So whenever I have like a credit card that doesn't work properly and they need to they need to sign something to say it's me, when they compare it to my driving license, they go, well, that's not your signature. Like, yeah, but it's changed. I've, I've grown up. I've actually created a signature that's not copied. You know, you can't copy it. Yeah. So – Interesting enough here is the same thing. When I was 16, I wrote out my signature was like Austin Hopkins, you know, like really long, all cursive and stuff. And of course, I've shortened it and stuff like that over the years. And so here in America, like when you go to vote, mm-hmm. not, this is not all states, but here in Illinois where I'm at, the only way they can verify that it's you voting is by your signature. They yeah. can't ask you for your ID. They can only compare the signature. All right. And so like it changes so much over the years, <laughs> but that's where a lot of like, you hear a lot of the voter fraud and stuff like that. I mean, it's anybody can match a signature up and, Oh yeah. And go and vote. And so, but yeah, it's like one of those, those things that not everybody knows. Like, yeah, like here in Illinois on election day, if you go into the polls to vote, they can't really ask you for your ID. They have to only compare it by that. And so it's, and now they're changing laws here and there a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, it's. Next thing you know, it'll be retina scans and thumbprints. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, well, I know there was a big, I don't know if it was a TV program, actually, probably a TV program. I'm sure there's like a controversy with um, like voting booths. Um, so when it was malfunctioned or something was doing something with booths and you know the electronic ones where you can vote, uh, yeah, it's probably a TV show. It's probably me, like mixing up fantasy and reality. And I mean, it's probably all about the same at this point. <laughs> That's why I was going. That's why exactly I was going. Everything just seems like it's just this big story that somebody's concocted, and yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's how stuff gets written and probably somebody's like, hey, well, I saw this on a TV show. Why not do it in real life? I feel sorry for history teachers at schools in like 20 years time when they talk about what's happening, you know, these past 15 years, 10 years. Yeah. Everything's just gone to pot. Yeah. yeah I, I can't tell you. I thought after 9-11, when we had that whole you know, stuff that happened, like, wow, how is history going? You know, how are they going to teach this stuff? And now everything is just. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that was such a pivotal moment. I mean, I remember very vividly, you know, it, what I find crazy though, is the fact that there's kids out there that are getting towards like voting age that don't 
that weren't even born or don't even know about what happened, you know, in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's what I find so crazy. Yeah, it's... You know, for me... Yeah, it's, it's that type of stuff. So I, to me, history is so important. I love, and I didn't have this love of history until after I got out of high school because I wasn't mm-hmm. in school and I like learning now. But yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely so. <laughs> if I was in school, I wouldn't like it. So, but uh, history to me is so important. How yes, history can repeat itself, and we need to be conscious of what we did in the past to make sure we don't do it again and stuff. And then I think about. But then you think about, and now I guess this is my older mind trying to conceptualize and, and, and thinking is that, well, history can be taught in different ways. Like, I, and I don't know why I thought of this the other day. It's like the American Revolution, is it taught differently over in the UK than it is taught here? Oh, no, no, no. It's not the same. We, we, we screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really, you can't really, you know change it too much other than the bricks messed up and we got beat yeah you know but i've heard stories like here like in america like where civil war history is taught differently like in the south than it is in north and yeah and again I, and i don't know how that is now i heard that a long a long time ago so i don't know if that's true to the these days and and stuff but it's just it's just fascinating to hear yeah and that's oh, why, no. I say, you know, people are a product of their environment or whatever. And, and so you have to understand where that person's coming from on everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not, it's going, it's going into that. And a bit further than that is the fact that, you know, some places will, won't teach certain things because it either puts them in a bad light or they'll try and twist it in a different way to make them look better, which yeah. is what politics really is. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's like, we, we don't learn about like the, American civil, you know, everything that went on in UK schools, unless you're going into further history education. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to like the A-levels or in, <laughs> I'm going to name off um, certain qualifications you can get in, you'd be like, huh? <laughs> but when you're, when you're 16, or, uh, when you're 15 and 16, we have something called GCSEs. I think it's the equivalent of your SATs. Okay, like okay, like uh, ACTs or yeah, uh, SATs. Um, so when you're like 15, 16, you do your GCSEs. Then in when you're 17, 18, you do something called A levels. So it's like the next step, next step up. So imagine like level one is really, really easy. Level two is mm, easy, but not as easy. Level three is like difficult, and then level four, five, six is like your university, college grades. So. We won't do it unless we won't do like that kind of history, the revolution, American independence, until you're into that the when you're really studying history in that before college stage. Okay, and that, that, that that's me trying to put it in a layman's terms. The UK education system. I mean, it's messed up right now because of COVID, but yeah, same here. <laughs> Briefly mentioning COVID then, I've tried to avoid it as much as I can. <laughs> What's it like in Chicago? What's it like for you? Um, well, it's hard to go out for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, um, it's rough. I mean, obviously it's changed, um, you know, where I work with massage therapy. It's changed the way I perform. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um 
massage therapy, you, um, obviously you've got to get hands in with people. You've got to really get into the muscles. How do you do that whilst six feet apart? Do you use like a stick? <laughs> so we have a stick and you have a rubber glove <laughs> and you just kind That's of... That's it. You just kind of get in, get in deep. Yeah. No, I mean, both of us are masked up and, you know, you just still work. Well, you, you were saying, so like going into gigs and stuff... Yeah, because I mean, so when everything first happened, so it was so I remember playing a show. It was right before St. Patrick's Day here, and um, I did a show, and this was right when the news hit. Like, all right, you know what, people don't go out, don't do this, and there was about half of the people that normally would have been there for that gig, and yeah. I'm like, oh come on, like this is I was supposed to be a big big you know gig and everything like that, and then the next night I went out for you know St. Patrick's Day and stuff, and then. After that, lockdown. Like everything was had to close down. Everything was shut down. From they're like, oh, two weeks. Just two yeah. weeks. We'll, we'll, be, we'll open back up in two weeks. Everything will be fine. And um, <laughs> yeah, and I had to cancel. I think I canceled three shows after that. And I was just getting on this, like you were saying, I was just getting on a good roll and getting everything booked up. And then boom, canceled. Um, and then you know everything. Everything just kind of shut down. My massage therapy, I couldn't couldn't work because that wasn't open. And then um, I don't think it was till about I think June is when I think I played my next gig. Really? That and far then, away? Yeah, there was, there was a lot of time in between, and they were outdoor shows. They were all outdoors. Yeah. And then um, and then I start again. Started getting booked up because there was a lot of outdoor outdoor seating, outdoor dining, out, you know all that stuff and. And um, then I started going back to work. I think in July is when things kind of we were kind of started getting back into that. And um, it was, you know, clients were more spaced out um, and a lot more sanitizing. You know, mm-hmm. now we're sanitizing the walls where people <laughs> was like, well, they could have possibly touched this upper left hand corner of this room. We have to sanitize it. There's still cobwebs there from 30 years ago, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot more sanitizing and and stuff. But um, I mean, it's it's somewhat back to normal. I actually didn't go back to my full schedule I did before just because I don't want to completely jump right back in and expose myself to so many more people. So I still try to limit myself with that. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, things are, you know, I was, you know, you go to the mall and it's, you wouldn't think there was COVID going on because people are just, it's just so crowded there, mm-hmm. but it's not as crowded because they're not letting so many people into the actual stores. They have to line up outside of the stores. Yes. That was like, we have it, to do that here. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, I think you've come to the realization where you have to, you're going to be waiting. If you need to do anything, you're probably going to wait. What are you like with masks? So when um, you're so, they're, so they're, they're basically every, anywhere you go, you have to wear a mask. Um, indoors, I should say. Indoors, you have to wear them. Um, it lightened up. I felt like a little bit, but then they clamped it back down again. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of places, like, or at least I am noticing now, there are some restaurants that are just like, you know, because there's not a lot, they're not supposed to be having indoor dining, but they're like, I'm either going to go out of business because I can't open 
or I'm going to go out of business because you're going to do something to me because I'm open. So they're like, I'm just going to open because we need to make money. And, but when you're in there, those places that do it, they're, they, you know, got to wear your mask to walk to your table. They have social distancing between all the tables and stuff. And so, you know, I think what you have here um, in America, or at least Illinois, in some respect, it's like a lot of people are crying, well, the government's overstepping. Okay. And and stuff. And so there is that fine line, you know, but I, I think for the most part, a lot of places are practicing safe type things. But I do know of places that are still, like, I still know some like bars that are clubs that are just, they're still open. Like there's nothing going on. See, and I'm just like, how? A lot of it's common sense. A lot of it, you know, you, you know that if there's something going on at the moment that they can't really control, yes, they brought out, they've brought out a vaccine now, um, but not everybody has it. And it doesn't kill the virus like instantly and then stop you from ever spreading it. You know, there's still a chance of some, you know, you passing the virus on to somebody else, you know, yes, you might be immune, but, um it, it's it's common sense it, it, it's just humanity you know if you're there's a potential of harming somebody particularly the ones that you love what's yeah. the what's what's the point in risking it i mean obviously with work it's a bit different because I, I still have to go to work i'm in manufacturing everything else is closed other than like your key jobs like your uh hospitals and police and fire yeah <coughs> sorry so your hospitals, police and fire, and then there's like takeouts. We're still allowed to have takeouts, but we're not allowed to eat in a restaurant. And then it's like engineering and building work, basically things that you can't take home. Everybody else has to take their own work home. So, you know, it, it's it's died down a lot, but there's still so many people on the road, especially at like 6 a.m. in the morning, where you think, oh, I don't think there's that many key workers out there. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's the same. Same here. You know, my wife's working from home now and, uh, and obviously my son's schooling all from home, although they're going to a hybrid system. So I think in a couple of weeks here, they're going to be going back like two days a week for just part of the day Yeah, and stuff. So I think that'll be good for him because he just sits on his butt most of the time. So, <laughs> good old 16 year olds. Yeah. Get out of the house, go do something. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely life is, is different. And I think it, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, while it's bad, it, there's definitely, I think some good that came from it. It, it forced people to adapt to this way of life. Like, Hey, people can work from home. We can do meetings from zoom. We can still conduct life just not in person. Yeah. And I think it slowed a lot of stuff down. Life was things were getting so hectic, moving so fast. I think this is a good thing just to kind of, hey, we'll slow you down for a little bit, you know, appreciate what we had before. And this will eventually end, you know, maybe it's this year, maybe, it, maybe something else happens. But the cool thing is, is that there's some pretty brilliant scientists out there that will come up with something, a vaccine, a better treatment. It will eventually come and we'll, we'll get through it. Just going to take some time. That's it. Bit of patience and perseverance. Yeah. So, Stop Thinking About You is out when? January 25th. Available everywhere. I bet you're so excited. I bet you can't wait. I bet you just like, want it out there. I do. You know, um, 
part of it is, you know, I love the the workup and all the stuff you do to kind of to get it all worked up and then, you know, people can hear it and then get it out there. Um, but also, um, I think this is going to be one of my last singles that I'm going to put out for a while. Um, I know just because I think I want to put together an album and um, an What's album that? or a longer EP. Yeah, do an EP just so we get it quicker. so you know i'm really focusing on songwriting this year and networking uh you know i'm gonna like i said i'm traveling down to nashville i have a songwriting session set up with some you know somebody uh one of a friend of mine and i just want to start doing that helping other people songwrite um because through it all to me i'm a songwriter more than anything and i love songwriting and you know, so I don't necessarily have to be the one always singing this stuff. I'm more than happy saying, I'll, I'll, I'll write it. You want to sing it? Go for it. You know, yeah. you know, so, and I, I would love to be a songwriter, you know, and these big name people pick it up. I mean, how cool would it be if, you know, Luke Bryan or, you know, or Blake Shelton or whoever, like these bigger name artists are singing the songs that I wrote. I think that'd be cool. I think John Party, I think he would sound good singing Country Girl Dream. No, the, the, the coolest thing would be is for you to be bigger than the Luke Bryans and people are writing songs for you to sing. Well, yeah, that would be cool. I don't know. I don't know if I, I mean, I guess I could, I'd have such a hard time because I love the, the aspect of songwriting and then performing it. So Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I guess I'd be able to, I mean, I gotta be, to me, I guess it'd be like singing a cover song. Yeah. 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 That, to me, because oh, somebody else wrote it. It's, but it's pretty much what it is. You know, there's no meaning for me. So I guess it's like a cover song. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty much what. When somebody else writes a song, it's pretty much a cover song. I've never really thought, I've never ever really thought of it that way. Because I know when an artist sings a song that's not written by them, they put their own spin on it, they put their own feel to it, they put their own like stamp on it. Yeah. But in essence, it's a cover song because you've not wrote it. Hmm. Kind of so. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way I kind of think of it. You, you, but nevertheless, I mean, you've ruined music for me now. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> no, you just got to focus on those uh, those singer songwriters that are out there and that are still uh, still doing that stuff. Okay. So next time I speak to you, you're gonna do me a favor and you're gonna make sure you're not with CD Baby anymore. You're gonna go with someone like Distro Kid so you can actually have music on pretty safe on Apple Music. You know, I've been looking, I, uh, I have looked into that. My, though I think, I think the only reason why I stuck with CD baby is because I'm so familiar with it mm-hmm. and it's, it's easy. I don't have to pay a yearly fee. You know, I think with some of those other ones, I think you have to pay a yearly fee, uh, to keep your music on the platforms, but they offer so much more as well. Yeah. So, but I think with the album, I might have to, I might have to jump ship unless if CD baby changes their ways. So if they're listening, change if your you're ways. If you're listening, CD baby, come on, change your ways. <laughs> All right, one more question before we go through the final goodbyes. It's an important question. It's probably the most important question of the show. I don't think you've able to handle this question. Actually, I don't know if I should ask you it. Hey, I'm the suspense is killing me. Oh. <laughs> what about the idea of pineapple and pizza? How does that make you feel? I love pineapple and I love pizza. I don't want them together though. Ooh. I'm from Ooh. Chicago. So yeah, you are the home of pizza. So I can't we really are. We're pizza. You tell me. Honestly, us in New York, we're going to go back and forth on this, but I do love, 
a nice deep dish Chicago style pizza. We got Lou Malnati's or Gino East or uh, Giordano's out here that they just have this such a great thick crust pizza. Oh my goodness, lots of sauce and cheese and pepperoni. I love how the Italians like slightly coming out then as you reading these names. <laughs> I these. do have, I think I got this much Italian in me. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. That's probably the best no to pineapple I've ever heard. <laughs> you're, probably the, you're probably the most educated on whether pineapple should be on pizza anyhow, because obviously being in Chicago where deep dish pizzas are king, and obviously I know New York, they've got their thin style Italian crusts. but Which is good. I, I still like that, That what I think they get like a Sicilian style or that's a yeah. thicker. I, I mean, I still like that. That's still I good. Still like it. It's still good, but you got to have that thick crust. There's something about it. It's just, you get, you know, you can't even eat it like normal. You almost got to almost like cut it up with a knife and a fork because, but it's just, you get that, that marinara, the pizza sauce in there and everything. Oh, it's just, it's delicious. I, I can't go on any diets because I freaking love pizza so much. <laughs> That's my issue at the moment. I put on so much weight this past lock because we've been locked down three times now. So I've spent like three, four months at home. And when you think of something sweet, it's like, what's quick and easy? We'll have a pizza. Go on, we'll get a takeaway, get a proper pizza. Yeah. Oh, thank you for coming on. What's your socials? Where can we find you all over social media? So best way, if you want to try to find me on social media, go to my website, austinhopkinsmusic.com. Otherwise, it's like Instagram, Facebook, at Austin Hopkins Music. I think Twitter is Austin12384. Um, yes, it is. It's my birthday, 12384. Yes. It's, the same, it's the same as your, um, I won't say, um, but yeah, I, I gathered it's your um, birthday. It's a bit of a random array of numbers for it not to be your birthday. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, yeah, do. now you got to figure out if it's December or January. Uh, it's American, so it's going to be December, 3rd of December. Nope. Oh, you're going British style. See, the British no. are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> no, it's right, because it goes month, 2-3, so 23rd. Yeah. So ah. it's, it's the American way. See? Although, although, because cause British, because you guys do it with the... The day, day first, first, then month, then year. So that's what I, so I had my son's uh, birthday tattooed. I had Roman numerals. And I did it with the day first, then month, then year. Oh, bled. Is that, what's that, 20? It's, um. 10, 10. September 24th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see the four now. Look at that. September 24th? Yeah. You'll never guess when my birthday is. Is it September 24th? No. Nope. <laughs> it's September 23rd. Oh, wow. All right, cool. The day before. Well, it is, mine is 92, so I'm a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah, for coming on. But you're both Libras, so. L- Libras, Anna. Well, that's, this is what I didn't understand, because my birthday is literally on the cusp between Libra and Virgo. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they are right there. It's so, I mean, I had to have my star sign read by another artist and it was, I had to go into where I was born, what time I was born, everything into it. Yeah. I have a friend who's like, she's like, all right, what's your, what time are you born? What's this? Oh, your moon (laughs) sign. So my, 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 what is it? My sun sign is Aquarius and then my moon sign is Libra and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't ever, 
have to re-listen because oh, I've completely forgotten it all. But yeah, it, it's certainly an interest. I, I I used to listen to both of them whenever whenever I used to read horoscopes. Mm-hmm. I used to do Virgo and Libra, and then choose the one that was best for me. But now it's like I'm stuck with Libra. <laughs> Thank you, Austin, for coming on. It's been it's been great chatting with you, even though I've had so many tech, technical difficulties. Hey, and it, it happens. It's no big deal. Um, for those listening now, you'll probably realise that my audio isn't the same as what it normally is. Um, but you'll be able to hear Austin a lot better because my audacity has completely crashed throughout this entire interview. So everything's been saved via the Zoom recording that we've done as a backup. Thank goodness we did this recording as a backup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't lose it again. <laughs> thank you, Austin, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Well, thank you for having me, Don. This was great. We got we have a lot to do this again. Oh, definitely. What you got planned for the rest of today? Um, let's see. It's just about 2 o'clock here. Um, honestly, I don't think I have much. You know what I need to do? And I thought about this right before I got on the, uh, the interview with you is the door behind me here, the, uh, let's see, the white one yep. over here. So my, so my sump pump is there. We just moved into this house about, uh, in the, during the summer. So I'm still mm-hmm. getting used to everything, but the sump pump is there and it's loud when it goes <laughs> on. And, and I'm sure who's ever listening, they'll hear it kick on every now and then it's not a toilet flushing. It's just the sump pump. Are you sure? <laughs> and so I need to insulate better in there because if I'm doing any recording, like I got my, my professional microphone over here. Yeah. And like, I can't have that thing going on. <laughs> so I got to soundproof it a little better. When I, when we first started the zoo, I noticed there was a bit of a background hum. It wasn't right now. Like now I got the air, the furnace going. Ah, is that the fur- <laughs> so you got the furnace, the sump, what else is the air conditioning in there? Uh, yeah, but that would make the same noise as the furnace. <laughs> Fair enough. So. All right. I, I, before you said sump pump, I was expecting you to say like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go out and get some pizza." <laughs> uh, that that might be tonight. Ooh, that might tea be. tonight. So. We got a good pizza place here in town, so definitely, definitely gonna have to come and get my uh, my lower back sorted from all the strenuous energy and pain that I've been getting because of engineering. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you everybody for listening, and I'll see you all next week. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chat on all things country music.